Well, on on the bright side, Clay, Travis mm-hmm. Mayweather suffered yet another injury, yet, yet another horrific injury in this episode. I will say to the uh, Enterprise's credit, they're learning. He, his injury was somewhat related to the plot, slightly. Yes. It, it, yeah. it, was, it was not just pulling his... Uh, he didn't pull a muscle in his uh, in his dick or something while in Riza and had get pulled out of there doing some bit of white rod or rafting adventure or whatever happened to him. He had, didn't have that weird adventure on the flower planet where he just kind of tripped over a rock or something and injured himself and had to leave. Um, <laughs> there's a what's funny about his injury here is that there's a very fine line between pathos and comedy in injuries mm. for some reason, and, and unfortunately his his. Leg injury is horrific when you think about what actually happened to him. Yeah. But it's yeah. done in such a way that it's also very funny to me when it happens and when when Trip is like, just give me a minute. Just, just give me a minute. <laughs> As his leg <laughs> is shattered into a million pieces because it's the only thing that stopped everybody from falling off of a cliff. I don't know. It's, it's just funny to me. I, I laughed when it happened. and I know you're not supposed to, but it, it struck me as very funny. Well, I laugh just because it's it's clearly seems to turn uh, be a running joke in the show that he just can't do anything without getting hurt. I I, uh, <clears throat> I was kind of excited when when he went down with the crew to do the rock climbing thing because I was like, oh, they've established that he ha- he can rock climb, so it'll be good to actually have him do something and and show off his skills. I forgot that the last time they established he went rock climbing, he hurt himself then as well. Yeah. Uh, so when they take him out, uh, take him out of the, the equation here, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. Although, you know, give the guy a break, man. But yeah, no, I, um, that injury reminds, did you ever see, I think it's into the void. Is that what it is? The, is that it's the, a documentary the, 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 where they fall off the cliff and have to climb down the mountain. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. And I think it's that one where they talk about, like the guy talks about sliding down the mountain and trying to brace with his feet to stop himself but all it does is it breaks his legs so badly it like shoves (laughs) his shins up into his thighs or something yeah yeah (laughs) it's like uh, that's what i was thinking is like yeah that's probably a a lot worse of an injury than they make it look here i mean he's he's too i mean he's basically superman here he is he sticks his leg into a little crevice which shatters his leg (laughs) stops everybody from falling but he's also still holding them up on his shattered leg you know what i mean like yeah. his his leg is the only thing that's actually holding them there and uh it was just it was it was just brutal um i feel like i feel like there must be two kinds of people who when they get hurt they either grip really hard or they just let go of everything mm-hmm. i think i'm a let go of everything type person so if i'm the person pulling up the rear in that situation everybody's dead i'm sorry yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have held it against him if he had just dropped everybody in that situation because that's a uh, that's a that's a lot to ask of somebody to hold up mm. hold up three times your body weight on a broken leg with your hands, just holding them with some some gloves. But maybe we'll get into uh, more of the Mayweather adventure. But I thought it was a good topic for the opening just because it's so brief. Uh, yeah. Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode, which is called The Breach. And then we'll come back and break it down. What are his chances? It's a complex procedure, but I'd say the odds are in his favor. Where am I? You're on my ship. Enterprise. I'm Captain Archer. What happened? There was an accident on your transport. What's he doing here? He's our doctor. Keep him away from me. You need his help. I'd rather die than be treated by him. 
All right, so The Breach is the 21st episode of the second season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on April 23, 2003. Teleplay goes to Chris Black and John Shiban. Story credit goes to Daniel McCarthy, directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. And universe date is not specifically known, but it's 2152. In this episode, while Enterprise rescues three Denobulan scientists from a planet under a new xenophobic government, Dr. Phlox must treat a patient with racist views against his people. Um, I thought this episode was very interesting for how some stories can kind of fail to get off the ground. And I thought that this was an episode that failed to get off the ground very effectively. And I was fascinated by why that was. Um, I think there's two issues here. There's a, there's a minor issue and then there's a bigger issue. The first issue, which I guess I'll call minor, is... I don't buy the Denobulans as uh, minus. As, my, the minor, as I buy the them, well, issue is... there's a lot to go into there. So I don't buy the Denobulans as genocidal warrior culture. Sure, sure. And the that's a very minor point, but it's it's interesting to me because every Denobulan we've seen to this point, including Flox and his wife, have kind of acted like Flox and his wife. And so when when yeah, when they were getting yeah. to the miners, I was like, oh, maybe like. I, I understand I can't hold it against the show because one episode before they showed Mrs. Flox and she's exactly like Flox. So maybe I'll give the writers a break and just say that it's just those two that are kind of like this. But let's see what the, the miners are like. And I thought when they'd find the miners, they'd be like genocidal sort of angry people. And mm. instead they're kind of, I wouldn't say they're buffoons, but they're very unserious like Flox is and his wife are kind of in a way like they're, they're kind of goofy. So, that was the that was one point against me. I spent the entire episode going, I don't buy that the Denobulans are seen as this kind of like horrible race to other people. And the second thing is I just it's harder to define, but I didn't feel like there was a core to the story where I really bit into what was going on. And I, I wondered if it was just because I was having trouble with the Denobulans, but I think if you if you replace these guys with a Bajoran and a Cardassian, I still don't think the story improves, even though I know the background to what's going on between their conflict. And I buy the Bajoran and Cardassian thing because it's established. This just felt like it was missing something. It felt trite in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, they kind of... Um, it it kind of is in that enterprise vein of when they find an interesting story, they just kind of never really get it off the ground. I actually thought it was... I was engaged by it mainly because I thought it was um for enterprise it was more engaging of a story than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh generally generally they don't they don't hook me as quickly as this one did. Uh even the cold open I thought was worked fairly well given the way that, you know, Flox kind of responds to the message that sends they say, I don't even remember what it really was, but I, I remember thinking like, oh, okay, well that at least kind of gives you a little bit of a hook to stick around instead of just watching Mayweather read a book or something. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, it does feel like it's missing a second act in that story where it's, they really kind of ratchet the tension up um, and really kind of get into the issues. I, I liked, uh, I do also find um, it tough to believe the Denobulans in the way that you're talking about because it's like, Everybody, everybody seems so kind and 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 slight in the way that Flocks and his wife do. Yeah, 
uh, and their ethos seems to be based on Flox and his wife just about like having a good time and banging. Yep. Um, the scientists too. The scientists are yeah. weirdly obsessed with just getting the rocks back, not the rocks yeah. off, so, but getting the rocks back up to the surface. <laughs> like they, you know, like it's. I I really was expecting the scientists to be different from Flocks because I thought it was the only mm-hmm. way to save this idea that the that Flocks and his family are really outsiders in Denobulan society uh, in a way because we haven't seen the rest of their society and they they don't do it they're just kind of I don't know if they're trying to play that storyline for comedy or something but it's they're really just obsessed with collecting their rocks and they don't want to leave even if they die to a point where like they're being illogical about whether. How are they going to send their research back if these guys come in and start shooting everybody? You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't really have a good leg to stand on. So I don't know. Yeah, and I, I also like thinking of thinking of the Nobulans as they're portrayed as being like uh, secret uh, militant racists. Is it's like, oh, your grandmother's so cute, but when the topic of Italians come up, she gets a little dark. Yeah. You know, it's that where it's like, I don't know if this is, mm. but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, that stuff does simmer underneath lots of different cultures. It's, it doesn't, they don't have to be, uh, uh, uh military warriors to, to dislike another culture. Yeah. Um, this is a particularly intense hatred though. This is yeah. like, this is not just, I don't like Italians. Um, that it's kind like of person an, to like me was real Palestine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even then, I, I think you have to go back to like Nazis and Jews, like Cardassians. Sure. And Jor- like there has to be sure. a real understanding of there was a terrible thing that happened there. Mm. Because if it's just a, like, I don't like Italians going from I have issues with the way that Italians drive or d- do something, you know, is different from I don't want an Italian doctor to save my life. Really? Like right. it's, it's a yeah. big step to get to that point. And I would I would sort of buy if it was a Cardassian or a Bajoran. I could see a Bajoran refusing Cardassian treatment, for instance, mm-hmm. and being like, I don't mm-hmm. want any help from your people because of what you did. That makes sense to me because of what they established. But at the same time, if that's all it was, and those species were replacing Flocks and this guy in this story, I still don't think there's a lot there because it's all it's only just it's so surface level of like I can help you. He goes, No, I don't like you. He goes, Oh, I really wish you would like me so I could help you. Okay, I'll start liking you. And then they do it. And it's not that I even think it's a bad idea. I just think it's not executed well. There's no... It's too detached from what I know about Flocks and its people, and it's too detached from any sort of real, realistic, like, understanding of how a person should act that way. Mm-hmm. You know? I just, I just thought it was kind of weak, even though I thought I, I thought it had potential to be good. It just didn't execute on it. Yeah, I thought the more interesting stuff was honestly the the stuff that was around the interactions. Like I thought the uh <clears throat> the scene with Flox and Archer was probably better than the stuff with Flox and the and the other guy. Um but even there it's like it felt as I was watching it I was like is this I couldn't remember exactly the plot of Dear Doctor, but it felt like they were trying it was this was sort of like a companion piece it to that. It feels familiar to like, Dear Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, the same kind of ethical issues um not exact not literally exactly the same kind of ethical issues but like it's it's it's, it's the same kind of flocks is in an ethical uh me- medicinal uh ethical quandary and 
talks to Archer, who Ar- has a opposite talks point of to Archer view. about it, who has the opposite point of view, and it ends up being like the bouncing point and how to try to force him to do X, Y, and Z. So it's kind of kind of similar. Um, I thought it would have been better. I know it doesn't work because it's a medical emergency, but I, I was thinking I thought to Paul would actually be better in the Flocks role here because everything they built the Vulcans up to this point makes it seem like species like the Endorians would actually not like the Vulcans and not want them to do something sure. for them. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I think you probably get more. I think you probably get more mileage out of that because that's a, a, a relationship they've established up to this point. But I do think it also goes to uh, you have to give. Who's the guy who plays Flocks? The character's name who hates Flocks? No, who's the actor who plays? Oh, Flocks? it's um. I will look it up right now. I have anyway. That guy, you got to give him John Billingsley. For John Billingsley. Billingsley. You got to give Billingsley credit because I think his performance does a lot of heavy lifting to get you to believe the divide there because I think he's he continues to be the best on the show and I think Flocks continues to be the most interesting character. Um, and uh, whether or not this works at all, I think is largely due in part to is largely due to him. Yeah, there was one thing that was surprising to me. They they try to work his kid into it where he has a a son who's become radicalized via youtube or something and is now his QAnon son yeah now he hates these guys uh again i don't know if i buy into this because this seems like it's really just made up about the denobulans and it's nothing like what i expect them to actually be but Mm -hmm. he has this son and they work it into where his son was uh, antagonistic and he now broke apart from flocks because of this radicals, radicalized nature and they haven't spoken in a decade or something. And then at the very end, there was a, there's a scene where he writes a letter to his son hmm. trying to reconnect with him. And I, I honestly thought, I've never seen this before, I honestly thought in that, rev- in that letter voiceover, Flox was going to reveal that he had lied about the relationship between him and his son and that it was actually the yeah. opposite of what he had been telling the guy, which is that Flox harbored these views about these people and his son was so disgusted that he never talked to him again. I think that would have been better, except it it doesn't strengthen the episode at all, unfortunately. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a weird twist because Flox himself doesn't seem to have any kind of problem throughout the episode. But I, I think I would have liked that. I think that would have added the kind of... Um, story that I was looking for to make something, you know, because Flox is kind of inert in this story. He's just, he doesn't Mm -hmm. hate this guy. He wishes this guy didn't hate him. But if he was actually having to work through mutual disgust with the patient, I think there's a better story hidden in there. Yeah, no, I agree. I I kept waiting for the, I kept waiting for the twist to come, the turn to come. I thought, I thought it was going to come when Archer asked him, uh, what he did to convince him, I thought he was going to say like I lied to him or something or something like that. I thought it was going to come out there, um, but yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> the the way that 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 scene plays at the end where he writes his son the letter plays as though he has gone through a cultural or like state of mind change, and I don't really feel like he has because, like you said, he's. He's not the one who's being antagonistic. He understands that why this guy is antagonistic towards him, but he's not the one bringing the uh, the hatred to the table. Right. So it's not really. I guess it's just that he's learned. He's learned through connecting with this guy that reconnection is possible. 
with his son, you know? Sure. And it's just like, I don't think that's a strong enough connection to what the actual meat of the story is between the patient and him. I can't remember this patient's name. I'll look it up at some point while you're talking. But like they, if there was a, I, I think that's maybe the major problem is that there's there's no, in a Cardassian and Bajoran storyline, I can see equal dislike on both sides because the Cardassians hate the Bajorans because they're, um, supremacists basically and they don't like mm-hmm. other races and the Bajorans would hate the Cardassians because the Bajorans were uh, put through the gulag for 50 years uh, under Cardassian rule and here it's even flimsy and like flocks can't treat them because it's against Denobulan medical ethics to not do what the patient wants to do and Arch is like we'll just fucking knock him out and do it anyway you know like w- w- so it's set up on these flimsy grounds and i think that the the personal problem doesn't help there it doesn't strengthen that or make me forget about that it just seems all kind of wishy-washy yeah and it is it's a little weird to just pull out of nowhere this idea that he's estranged from his son and for for reasons that are only applicable to this episode but i don't know i guess that's i guess that's not too uh outside the realm of reason um it feels it feels i don't think it's unreasonable i think it's it's inserted into the story in a way that it seems like they needed a solution and it comes up at the very last mm-hmm. moment where he could possibly have a solution. And then just talking to his son at the end feels like a little tag onto it that it just reminds me that I think that the episode actually exists there with flocks and it does, it's pushed to the very last 10 seconds of the episode when I feel like that should have probably been a more important part about it. Cause flocks can talk about his grandma, all that he wants. It's just like, I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't ring true to me. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's, I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I think I liked it more than you did, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think it's, uh, it's the, the stuff that they're pushing towards. They're only, they're only sort of pushing towards it. They're not really going as far as they would say on deep space nine. Um, to make that a believable and really engaging and, and affecting uh, storyline. Because, I mean, the guy's name is Hudak, I guess. Um, if Hudak Hudak. Dies, Hudak. Uh, if Hudak dies, who feels, who feels bad about it? Like, who, like, does Archer or Phlox feel worse about that guy dying? I think Archer does, right? Because Phlox is mm-hmm. obeying his personal medical ethics of the Donobulans, which is that you can't force somebody to do something. If they want to die, they die. Archer mm-hmm. has the opinion, well, he can't die on my ship, so do something right. about it. So that uh, that just feels backwards to me. And I'm not sure that you can really fix that with the way that the characters are set up, but it doesn't provide Flocks a lot of reason to be really torn up about what's going on because his whole idea yeah. is not to help him in the first place, which seems appropriate for him. Himself. I think, I think Flocks probably needs to show more apathy for that to really work. Because if it's because I think there's a difference between um, a doctor who is obeying the wishes of their patient that they don't want to be saved, and a doctor who is uh, not attempting to change the mind of the patient who doesn't want to be saved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like you can <clears throat> if if Flocks was just like, yeah, you know, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And he's like, that's coming out of his cultural disagreement or whatever i think there's a little bit more there where flocks is uh even if he's if he's not being outwardly 
prejudice towards him. He's uh, not doing enough to not be prejudiced, I guess is the way to put it. Wouldn't the stress um, come from reversing that? If Flocks hated, if the Denobulans hated these people, not the other way around, really? Like if Flocks yeah, was... Well, yeah, I, think, I think the problem is, is Flocks himself because there seems to be a mutual hatred between the people and it's just that Flocks doesn't harbor that. And so I think but at the same time, giving him that hatred, well, I think we, I think it would feel really out of character for him to just like be like you know throwing slurs at some guy who came on the ship. I think I think, I think <laughs> you and Tarn bastard. I think uh, I think that's actually what's missing because mm-hmm. Flo- if Flox doesn't harbor any prejudice towards this guy and is just speaking in a third person sense about how generally Denobulans have a problem with them, mm-hmm. there's no Flox conflict there his conflict is whether or not the guy wants to be helped by him and i think flox is a doctor being if you switched it to a, it was a bajoran doctor who had to heal an injured cardassian who had killed his family you know 25 years ago or something mm-hmm. there's a little bit more of the you can understand why flox would refuse treatment there or not be willing to push this guy to get better in the way that archer wants him to push him along um mm-hmm. I just feel Flux floats here, and yeah. like he goes think, in and just gets yelled by at by the guy, and then uh, leaves and comes back and gets yelled at by him again. I also think there's not really a lot. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't need. I don't know if I really want a really long winded explanation as to what's going on here. But there's also not a lot to grasp onto as to what the actual disagreement is. Yeah, just Between that it's silly. It happened 300 yeah. years ago. Like Maybe not silly because they all died, but it's silly in sure, terms of 300 sure. years, yeah. Yeah, it's 300, uh, 300 years of holding a grudge, which is not helpful to anybody. So, you know, really, in, really intense feelings one way or the other is is it's a little bit nebulous to really relate to. Yeah. If it's like, well, 300 years ago, this thing happened and we just hate each other now. I think that, I think that's my general, that, yeah. that's my sort of um, overall problem with it is I can't buy into this conflict, really. Uh, it, it's fine to at bring least, it up. At least with the, sorry, at least with the Cardassians and the Majorans, it's it's still happening to some extent. You know, right. it's not, it was what, 50 years ago? Uh, well, it, it, ended, last, it ended recently, but it's been 50 years yeah. of oppression now. Yeah. 50 years of oppression but it, it ended fairly recently it's ended ended recently enough that all of those wounds are still open yeah. whereas i understand over 300 years that maybe the story you're telling is uh institutionalized prejudice that gets passed down generation to generation yeah. or whatever but. it never goes away the yeah the, the the it's always stewing in the background of someone's mind archer has those lines about you guys never talked to each other you never saw anybody about that so it, there is the episode is trying to focus on how hate can just kind of simmer there. It sure. doesn't have anything interesting to say about that, really. It's just right. it's just kind of a right. point that Archer makes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other aspect of it is the the cave stuff, which is fine, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I laughed when Tripp said he was going to shoot the guy in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Also, crawling through, spelunking through caves... Uh, up there on my top most terrifying things that I would ever have to do, basically, oh, to God. crawl through you those things. Yeah, No, no, you couldn't. I, I have enough. Uh, most of my fear when it comes to that stuff is my mind racing about the possibilities of what might happen. Like, you know, the when I'm shift. going up that, 
Yeah, like if I'm going up the first hill on a roller coaster, oh. it's less it's less the height <laughs> yeah. that bothers me. I mean, the height does bother me, but it's less the height as much as like the wind. Yeah, and it's in yeah. my head going like, what if the track breaks? What if this thing gets blown off? The you know that's where all the fear comes from. In in a cave, it's the same thing. I would just be thinking, all it would take is like the wrong sneeze or whatever uh, of the earth to just decide to like reposition itself, and I would be crushed under millions of tons of rock with uh with roller coasters and planes i always think about the number of screws and bolts in them and they mm-hmm. can't all possibly be tightened as much as they should be tightened. <laughs> <laughs> one of these is just going to shear right off and send me careening down into the ground um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's the same with that like i always just in those things where they're you know it's a, it's and it's pretty that's true why to life that's why the old ones the wooden roller coasters yeah. I'm pretty sure they build into the uphill that it sounds like it's going to fall apart because yeah. they're always like kind of shaking and like it's not a smooth ride. It's just the it's chain the th- like chunking along as, it, as yeah, it pulls you yeah. up the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The spelunking is always just people crawling through a narrow thing, which if National Geographic is to be true, uh, seems to be pretty accurate to what it is. I just imagine like minor minor earthquake or shift or something causes the rock to squish you and you're stuck there forever they just have to come in and euthanize you or something doesn't seem like a fun idea Uh, not even that like even if nothing moves it seems like if you just get something caught the right way you're fucked yeah yeah where some like hundred was 127 hours is that what the name of the movie was yeah with james franco yeah yeah like that's he his foot slipped and his arm got caught between two rocks and then he had to cut his own arm off with a bed knife yep (laughs) Made the decision pretty quickly, too. Waited, you know, yeah. it's a long time to be stuck there between a rock, but it's also not at the same time. If he had just let go of that can of soda he was yeah. trying to get, he would have been able to get his arm out. Are you holding Are you holding the soda? <laughs> um, I thought that storyline was fine. It They'll it, grow back, right? It fails completely. Uh, yeah. I just think the Denobulan scientists don't make a lot of sense for what they're what it is. Um down to the patness of the ending where mm-hmm. you kind of almost expect the hatred to not dissipate so quickly and him to be like, I'm not giving those sons of bitches a ride back on my freight or the right. Denobulans yeah. refuse to go back or something <clears throat> with him. But everything wraps up really easily. And I don't think that that suits the material at all. Yeah. It seems like there should be a moment at the end where the guy's like, you know, he saved my life. It gave me things to think about, but I'm not ready to share a cabin with right. him yet yeah. or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> Yeah, the, uh, his positivity is overwhelming. He has a completely new view on everybody, and I, w- I would be totally understanding of the, he saved my life. I don't know who these other three are, and I don't trust them at this point, so they, you can yeah. take them back home. And also, it's like one guy, right? The, the, everybody else who's in the sick bay is, seems to be fine. Uh, the other option here is if Flox comes to Archer, and he's like, I can't treat this guy because he won't let me treat him because we have this beef. Arch would be like, okay, have the nurse do it. Right. <laughs> or just... Have Ar- the Ar- other people that work in sickbay do it. It I, doesn't have to be you. Archer can just have something in his ear and flocks in the other room, telling him, all right, push that button right now and we'll right. activate this, this yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, it's like, I understand what they're going for, but it's not like the only option here is that Flox has to administer this. If they set it up that way, that's a different story, but they don't. Right. It's just that he's a patient in sickbay, where as far as I know, multiple people work, at least two. Um, have we seen I mean, another, the, another? I don't think we've seen another doctor, actually. I think it's just Flox, because no, they had to wake I, him up that time he went into hibernation. Because that's someone, true. Yeah. 
I, mean, I, I always, I always thought there was like one other person who assisted him or something. Is there a nurse? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there was that, there was that female ensign that was his love interest for a little bit, but right. she's gone at this point. Right. Um, I, yeah, but I, I, I feel like there's other ways that they could have gotten around it. Flock says surgically altered others to look like other aliens. He could alter himself yeah. to look like yeah. a human, or just yeah, know, wear put a, wear a wear a bag over his head or something. It's, they should have had more sketches like that where he comes in with like a paper bag over his head and he's like, I'm the new doctor, Dr. LaFlocla. He's like, oh, good. I'm glad you're not denobulant. I'm not. Yeah, it's um, the, a flimsiness to the general setup, I think. Anything else to talk about with the cave guys? I don't really have anything else to say about them. Um, no, it's, it's another one of those weird enterprise plots where it's just the only thing about it is the action that's taking place and it has no bearing on anything other than that and sometimes i think it's like i is it different than that one that we liked where they were doing the 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 ice sculpture thing breaking the ice ice sculpture where they go to the comet yeah well we were like well i just kind of want to see them do their job is it really different from that but um well because it feels less satisfying because i don't know Breaking the Ice didn't have this race against the clock thing that they have going here where they need to get them out. Right. So Breaking the Ice was kind of nice to just watch them walk around on the comet because it's there's no race to it. But here, it, it's the it's an escalating, we have to fix, or the, the storyline has to be driven forward because we have to find the Donabians. We have to get out of there. And then once they find them, the way that they speed it up is the other guy, the other government just sort of breaks the treaty to like yeah. amplify things and so archer has to have a not unrelated and not unbelievable conversation but he has to it, it's clearly a written situ, a situation where the writer's like well i need something to impede their progress at the last 11th hour here so we'll have them open fire and then archer gets a chance to yell at the guys about what's going on i really liked that i thought i thought the scene where archer brushes back the other guy was really good that was one of my more that was one of my uh more favorite archer angry archer over the calm sequences yeah i don't think bacula does that stuff well really um i, I thought that was a good one i i i thought that was one of the better ones it, it, i would agree that it is one of his better ones i don't he's not really suited for it um mm. he seems too gentle really like he he lacks a little bit of gravitas that the other captains have in this series where they seem believable i thought it was good and it was um I thought it was believable, but it even even ties into the ending where the shuttle's trying to escape and the ship is shooting at them, and then they're just like, "Oh, they're just saying goodbye to us," and then the ship veers off. You know, it's just a yeah. it's kind of this artificial constructed conflict that is unnecessary and feels weird once it's over. Yeah, and it's it's I find it so strange to me that this show has so many uh, action. Let's call it an action plot that all it is is the action like there's no yeah. it, it doesn't really tie into the theme of the episode at all it's just sort of like they they do a job and they do the job yeah um it doesn't it doesn't you don't learn anything new about the enterprise crew who's out doing it you don't learn anything new about the people who are down there that they're trying to save it's just and i mean i don't know maybe that's by design maybe the idea is that You've got one uh, ethical quandary on the ship. Why do you need to get into something similar 
on the on the planet or something but it's like i don't know without without there being more to it the only uh i i care i care about the stakes about as much as the geologists care about the stakes yeah where trip uh trip comes in and he's like you got to get out of here right now and they're just like i don't why yeah can't we just hang out no (laughs) it's my my mission is to come and get you well too bad i guess i don't know I like I liked their line about these like the government fails every couple of weeks on this planet, so we'll be fine. We'll be fine. When it I, I missed that line. That's pretty funny. It's, it's, there, there's, I don't know. I I think my problem with it is that they do it so often, and mm. when half of your episode is dedicated to something that doesn't really amount to anything. And it's not Mission Impossible level action sequences where I'm like, I'm here for the spectacle. You know, it's just right, right. If if I'm not, it's like I was just say it's not even like Trip or Reed has a fear of caves or something. You know, right. it's like, and and they're going down there, and and uh, uh, one of them doesn't want to go because he's afraid of heights or claustrophobic or something. And Mayweather's like, "Don't worry, you you don't have to do anything i'm i'm the one who knows how to do all this stuff i'll take the lead and then he gets hurt and so now the what you know the claustrophobic guy has to do all the stuff and so that way at least you've got relatable uh so there's there's a there's a a, a character growth going on like he's overcoming something yeah instead of it just being like can he squeeze himself down enough to get through this little thing okay he made it cool i yeah, and I, I think that the other way that I would look at it is I'm kind of surprised when Enterprise doesn't make thematic connections because the ship, the plot yeah. ship is about a kind of racist interaction with each other. And the reason they have to rescue the Denobulans on the planet is because the government has become xenophobic of outsiders. So mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of somehow linking those, you just have another quasi-militaristic overthrow of a planet in Enterprise's right. thing, and you never meet those people. And... There's no chance to... I bet their suits were gray, though. Gray and in a chair, sitting down yeah. while he's talking to him. But there's no chance to either like expand the point of view or expand what the episode is talking about because the action sequence doesn't have any room. Like To rescue the Denobulans, they have to bring along a troop of people from the planet who are overthrowing stuff, but they don't want to help the people because they just want to get them out of there. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no racist argument within the rescue the people from underneath the planet that there is in the flock situation, even though both setups are built on xenophobia and racism. So it's weird that they don't link them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it is a running problem with the show Yeah, that yeah. they tend not to do that. Um, or even like attempt it. Yeah. Which it's very strange. We'll call it a day there. Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode, which is called The Breach. We'll come back. We'll give our final thoughts, read some patron thoughts, and then that'll be it. Dear Metis, I know it's been some time since I've written, and I know chances are slim that you'll respond to this letter. However, something has happened that compels me to try to reach you again. I've had an experience that has opened many old wounds. As painful as it's been, it's also changed something in me. I hope, if you're willing to listen, might begin to change something in you. 
All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did enjoy the podcast and you want to support the show to get more podcasts, you go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. You get extra movie podcasts. You get uh, the polls to decide what we talk about. You get some commentary tracks. We do some revisits of old Star Trek episodes. And you get the personal satisfaction of feeling good about supporting things that you like, which is really the primary thing. And uh, a special thank you goes to our Captain Tier supporters, who are numerous and include Ben Douglas, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Andrew Sherlock, Cardinal Doomsday, Nathan Elliott, Sam McCuster, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergi, Grim Santo, Sean, Christian Pouch, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, CT, Darth Mosk, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Vault 13 Hero, Rune Vendler, HH28, Stefan Mitten, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob123, Nick the Rat, Paul Poindexter G, Droplet John Zorn, Eric Antoine, Kevin Lowry, Captain Brazen, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Dave Davies, Retail, Olivier Pardieu, Worf's Tiny Brown Dicks, and Tom Hickey. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Now we're going to go to... Pretty soon, pretty soon we're going to have to get one of those wrap it up lights and music to play. While you're going through those names, I'll have, yeah, I'll have one of the kids. Kyle and um, uh, Mercer. Oh my God. And, uh, I'll have one of the kids with a giant novelty hook just pulling me off, <laughs> off, the, off the side here. Uh, there's only six comments today for the breach. So we'll see. We'll get through these quick. Matt Ross says, The breach, damn it, Mayweather. Of course he gets hurt and is then removed from play again. And Flock says a crisis of faith and Archer does his speechifying. Saving geologists or something happens too. One stalagmite out of five. Wow. Point Extra G says, I seriously have to wonder if Travis being taken out of commission each week is some sort of sick joke or vendetta that the writers have against Anthony Montgomery. I have no other way to explain how this can keep happening to the same character on a regular basis like this. For the main plot, it's a simple story with a simple resolution, but that doesn't mean it isn't good. We tend to hate people for stupid reasons that go back generations. Maybe a lack of subtlety isn't a bad thing here. I think the final scene with Flock's writing to his estranged son is a brilliant way to end it. It is the the Mayweather thing is really weird. It is. It's, uh, it's not like the O'Brien must suffer thing, because that at least gives you stories involving O'Brien. Yeah. Um, this one, it's most of the time he's written out of the show because he breaks his leg or something, <laughs> and it's really really strange. And I don't understand why they keep doing it. Cause, I mean, it's I said it was tangential to the plot because. If he doesn't break his leg here, it doesn't really change anything. You know, if right the yeah. the, the him it be- could have been any one of them could have broken their leg. The only the only reason it matters is because he's the one that knows how to climb, and they're already there. You know, if, yeah, if, 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 it was, yeah. if it was the 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 first thing he does when he steps into that cave is he falls off a cliff and breaks his back or something, then you go, oh right. geez, like we we lost a key cog here. But they continue on with no issue after that, and it's not that. There's no danger that they're leaving him behind in where they're not going to come back that way and get him on the way out. It's like mm-hmm. you, you should have done your the documentary thing where he, they're like, well, Travis, you're going to have to drag your ass out of this cave. And that's Travis's story for the rest of the episode is crawling up and out of there to get back home, you know? Yeah. And it's not like the other version. It's not like the uh, <clears throat> Deep Space Nine Odo and Quark episode where they have one of them gets hurt and the other one has to actually drag them through the rest of the situation or anything right. like he just he just sits That's there a, and waits till yeah. everybody gets back <laughs> yeah the writer said that he's like i'm getting tired of writing the voices for three characters in this side plot here i'm gonna just take off one of these guys and just drop them off here it, like it's i can't Travis. you know it, you talk about like 
we just we, the last one we did was a Travis episode, and what that meant was Travis goes and hangs out with his family for an hour. But like, why couldn't you do a Travis episode where where he is the capable one in this situation, and he has to deal with someone who isn't capable and and working and helping them get through it? I feel like you learn more about Travis as a character in a situation like that yeah. than you would him going to his parents' house for a weekend. You know, it it's just so strange they keep. Like actively removing him from the show. Yeah, yeah. Latte Librarian says the breach. At least Travis did something heroic before being sidelined this time. Archer and T'Pol saying embrace other cultures over and over again seemed tone deaf when they didn't seem to be the core issue between Flocks and Hudak. Both species interact with other cultures, just not each other. Overcoming a past war, a past full of war crimes and enmity, is a far cry from simply learning to embrace other cultures. Interesting to know about the happy-go-lucky. Interesting to know that the happy-go-lucky seeming Denobulans have a bloody past and a Denobulan alt-right. Three rock samples out of five. Grappler John Dorn says, The breach generally I find trips escalating, irritating, more escalating, escalating irritation more convincing and enjoyable than Archer's, and I'm happy to see it featured here. Born in space... Space boomer Mayweather knows a lot of uh, about spelunking for a guy born in space. I bet the horizon. <laughs> I bet the horizon. That's a really a, good point. A good point. <laughs> I bet the horizon had a climbing wall. I love that the historical genocidal Denobulan douchebags have matured into modern scholarly hipster douchebags. Can Flocks carry an episode or what? Overall, it's a nice interweaving of thoughtful drama and comic relief. Four out of five. It, it, yeah, it is true. I don't know why he would be good at spelunking, but he is. Uh, da, da, da. Is that it? No. Uh, Ewan Tibbetts says, The Breach, after the events of Dear Doctor, I have no trouble believing the Denobulans have engaged in genocide. Love that Trek finally has a new cave set, 62 Tupperware boxes of shit out of 100. Um, <laughs> Those Tupperware boxes were really funny because they were <laughs> they cl- they were the whatever the crew brought their lunch to work in. It was not like space Tupperware or anything. It was just Why were they hiding from, from Walmart. Why were they hiding rocks in the walls? I don't. I don't know. I guess it was just like they were stashing them so they could get them on the way back or something, I, and didn't have to carry them. I don't know. It's a very weird detail. It wasn't. There wasn't like there's the reason they don't want to leave is that there's competitive geologist teams down there, and they're trying to hide their rocks from them or something. It was. It was. I don't know why they were hiding them. Why they were just leaving them like breadcrumbs to go back out the door for them. Even uh, Reed and Trip finding the first one, I don't know why they have to show you that they find that with them. I think it's just I, the, I think the only reason it's in there is is to give them like like a like you said a breadcrumb trail to find the okay. the geologists because yeah. they they're going down into this void and then they find this thing and like okay we're on the right track that kind of thing and, and for you know as much as those caves were talked up as being labyrinthine labyrinthine and like. You know, they're like, we haven't even mapped this entire thing. It's so confusing. When they come to a fork in the road, they just guess the right way to go. You know, there's, yeah. there's no there's no struggle in that story. I was expecting them to get lost. And, and with a time crunch, you expect yeah. them to get lost in the caves and they can't get out of it. But no. And I, I, also, I also thought it was hilarious when they finally do show up and they just come walking in and the geologist just like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> He's a little upset. This is our cave. Um, I don't know uh, Ewan's comment. After the events of Dear Doctor, I have no trouble believing the Denobulans engaged in genocide. I might not be remembering Dear Doctor appropriately, though, because I, uh, I always thought it was it's out of character for flocks to feel anything like that, or the Denobulans in general. Yeah, I honestly, I don't remember what the core 
um, problem is in that one. Nick the Rat says, The Breach, what could have been a boring triple episode left me imagining what Denobulans having orgies on the walls would look like. I give this episode one Mayweather leg out of two. Yeah, they feed the triple to the, the reptile. They, they develop uh, triple lore in this episode. <laughs> Pretty frequent, uh, a frequent occurrence in the later so discoveries. If you're, if you're rating on the legs that Mayweather had scale, does, one, does that translate to like a th- two and a half? It's a pretty yeah, five. two and a half out of five. It's a pretty standard weather episode. Yeah. That's how I would look at it. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts. Thank you for supporting the show. And now we'll move to our final thoughts. What are you going to give this one? A scale of one to five. Did I talk um, you down? You seemed positive, but I didn't let you talk I, first. Yeah, I was skewing more towards actually like a high three or a four, I think. But I think I'm just going to give it a solid three because I think it's engaging enough to keep your attention and especially i think it's my high rating i think is a result of it just bringing an interesting concept to the table for once which i feel like this season has been few and far between so it perked my my ears up um but i do agree with what you're saying that it's not really exploited to the to the uh the best that it could have been um but i do think it's watchable i think it's a a, a better episode i don't think there's anything wrong with it um so yeah i'll give it a three i'll give it a three as well i think it's a pretty it's a pretty average episode i think um Mm -hmm. definitely could have fleshed things out could have added a little bit of kick to the character of flocks could have had the action sequence be a little bit more important or relatable to something that's going on um but I think the core thing is just I don't buy the denobulant. The hatred here feels too pasted into a situation, and I don't buy it as a true-to-the-universe thing. It just seems like mm. they just made it up for this episode. And I would have, I would have, as I said earlier, I would have bought this being a T'Pol episode more because, because I think this show has built up the Vulcans as being more universally reviled than the denobulans, and um, I think there's an argument to be made for that. Would this is obviously a different episode, but how would you have felt if the patient that he had to work on was his uh, radicalized son? That would have been and, fine, I think. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't think he has a, especially from Flox's point of view. I don't think he has a problem with that. If the son were to be involved, yeah. I guess it's a harder. That's even. That's even more of an abstract to kind of to get across is why why his son is radicalized and why there's tension there. Yeah, that's probably yeah. too much. Yeah, it's... If the son... <clears throat> I, I think the episode actually becomes a four if the Flox thing was a lie the entire time and that Flox mm-hmm. developed it. I, I don't know if I had seen that episode if I would come out the end going, it kind of felt like a cheat to do that, but I think that what the episode is missing is that kind of like, oh moment where you look at it and you're like oh there's there's actually depth there that was not being portrayed through the text of the dialogue scenes and yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's it we're done with the breach thank you very much for listening everybody you can support the show at patreon.com slash the penske file we'll both give it a three three is fine three is better than a two and a better than one um next episode is cogenitor clay which you should recognize the name of we uh, talked about that one no. Uh, There's a comic relationship I, to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
well, is we, there. We can discuss offline. Uh, cogenitor. Is oh, the, wait a minute. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, sure. Cogenitor is the next episode of Enterprise, and that'll be out in a week on Thursday because we're slowing down the pace of these to once one a week until uh, my living situation gets settled, which sounds like I got a divorce, but it's just a kid. Um, <laughs> I, I pack up all this shit and you're, move out of here. Your living situation in that there will be more life in your situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Living, living situation does imply a, uh, a marriage story type thing. Um, that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, we had a new badass come out this week. It was the last of, is that correct? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, wait, it was the last this, week, this right? Past week. Last this past week, week yeah. was the final episode of season three of Batman the Animated Series. And uh, we just recorded Sub-Zero, the, the video movie, in a Q&A session, which will be out in probably a couple weeks or something. And uh, this week is... Rotten Horror came out Rotten yesterday. Rotten Horror Picture Show. What's that? Rotten Horror will come out yesterday when this posts. Oh, when this comes out? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this week of Rotten Horror is poltergeist which yeah. is uh which is a nice one it's a well-known one it's uh um you know it's a movie where amanda and i were both kind of of the same mind i think where it's it is more famous than it is good i think uh so it's an interesting conversation because it's one that's regarded as a classic that neither of us really i think did a, did a ton for us yeah you guys can look out for those at the penskefile.com and you can subscribe and, sorry yeah, I was going to say, uh, we also recorded our first episode of Friday the 13th, which will be coming out through Patreon at the end of the month. Yeah, that'll come out before the end of the month here. So uh, the other thing that got voted on was we're going to do From Russia with Love, the Bond film. Ooh, that'll be From out. Russia with Love. That'll be out this month. One of the better Bond movies. I think it came up randomly on random.org selection. I, I hear that one tossed around a lot as the best I think. Yep. Um, it's the second one. Yeah. Sean Connery's second one, obviously, but it's the second Bond movie as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to, to watch that one because it's not it's uh, it's not as boring as Doctor No, if I remember correctly, but it has it hasn't quite locked in all of the tropes that come after Goldfinger. So I think that's why people praise it because it was in yeah. a sweet spot where it was still Bond, <laughs> recognizably Bond, but it hadn't gone full cartoon character James Bond yet. Right, right. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, that'll be available on patreon.com slash the Penske file. All right, we're done. Everything else, you can sub- uh, subscribe to all the other podcasts. You can subscribe to this one, rate and review, blah, 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 all those usual things the podcast say. And we will get out of here. So Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. We'll be back with Cogenitor, which is the next episode next week on Thursday. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.